To bra or not to bra, exploring a journey of life's unpredictable twists and turns, how to claim your personal power from within and lead a fun, fulfilled, soul-driven life, one epic, hilarious, insightful coffee chat at a time. Let's get real, let's get raw. This is your host, M, on Bra or Not to Bra. Hey y'all, welcome back to To Bra or Not to Bra, where we move beyond the traditional ways that we typically think about health and personal growth and start to get super curious about how good life can be. Embodying fullness of who you are mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and how to make the empowered choices to live your most expansive life. And of course, having fun while doing it. Thank you guys so much for being here, for listening to this. I am pumped to get in today's episode with you guys. This one is so juicy and oh, it's it's a great one. Okay, so for those of you who do not know or if it is your first time listening in, what's up? I'm Emily. I'm your host. I am a certified health and mental wellness coach with a passion for helping women embody their most powerful, soulful, aligned, confident version of themselves. And today we are smashing the F out of diet culture. We are healing your relationship with food with the lovely Nina Shine Alviar. So Nina is an emotional and binge eating coach. She's also a writer and a speaker. She's so talented and she is all about smashing the diet culture and empowering you to stop emotional and binge eating. I know easier said than done and how to heal your relationship with food, your body, and your life. She is a firm believer that the inside work makes the outside work. That once we heal ourselves and feel fantastic on the inside, the outside starts to match. All right. Love her already, right? And she did this herself. Drumroll, please. That's that's me. I'm doing it myself. <laughs> she released almost 90 pounds of fat and became a fit over 50 inspiration. And now she guides others to finally stop using stuff that doesn't fix your stuff. I love that line. So today we are getting into all the goods. If you are someone who, like me, has struggled with emotional eating or binge eating, or maybe you, you're not sure if you would classify yourself as an emotional eater or don't really know what this actually entails, this is the episode for you. So we're looking at understanding why we overeat, why we binge eat, and how to recover from it. So Nina takes us into the emotional and mental connection behind your behaviors. So the role that neuroplasticity gets gets nerdy here, get ready, the role that neuroplasticity has in our eating behaviors and the imprints, habits, and responses that get developed in our brain starting at such a young age that we have to protect ourselves. And so we get into the shame cycle. Have you been there? I have. Shame cycle of emotional eating and binge eating. And this part's really cool. She brings up why toxic positivity in our society today can make it really hard for us to interpret our feelings and thus creates a very confusing relationship with food, with our relationship with our bodies, 
it's a really cool topic to explore and look into. And Nina shares with us how to say thank you next to thoughts that aren't serving us. If you guys, do you remember that MTV show that's like, it was called Next and they literally got off a bus and <laughs> you went on a date with them while everyone else was in the bus. And then if you didn't want to do the date with them anymore, you just said Next. <laughs> I think they should bring that back. I would go on it. I volunteer's tribute. <laughs> Okay, you guys, today is a juicy one, and the random ask question segment is one for the books. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Just get ready. Literally, Nina's life, like she has just had the coolest experiences that you would never expect the same human to have. I can't even, you'll have to listen. I can't even explain. Okay, y'all, and one quick announcement before we dive in. The next Embody group program starts the first week of June, and there are still a few spots left. This is a 12-week intimate group coaching experience specifically designed to help you release weight, gain confidence, and step into the best headspace of your life. Side note, willpower is not part of the equation. During our weekly live group coaching sessions, I take you through my embody you method to break free from the self-sabotage cycle and start feeling like you again. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you are someone who has been wanting to give your health a promotion from part-time to full-time, but nothing seems to stick in there. If you're someone who is sick and tired of looking in the mirror and not liking what you see, wondering how the hell you even got to this point in the first place, if you're waking up every morning feeling overwhelmed and stressed for the day ahead, frustrated because you so badly want to change and yet can't seem to do it, this is the group for you. If you're craving community and you know that you thrive in a group setting of like-minded women while also getting individual support, Check out this group program at emilygolan.com slash embody group coaching. You guys, this is my signature group coaching program. The results are incredible physically, mentally, emotionally, in every area of your life. It's beautiful. So check it out, you guys. Sign up for a free clarity call with me to see if this is the best option for you to get to where you want to be. Woo. All right. Let's get into the episode guys. Hey guys, <laughs> guys, we have the, we have the giggles, but we need to start the, recording the episode. So <laughs> here we are giggles and all. I, oh my God, I can't stop. Woo. Today we have Nina Shine Alviar with us today. <laughs> all about smashing the diet culture. I'm so happy that you're here. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. You are so fun. That's been <laughs> well, great getting to know you. Clearly, I'm so fun. Just gig. All we've been doing, basically, you guys, for the past five minutes, is like giggling and figuring out how the hell to use internet during Mercury retrograde. Yeah, basically. Yeah. We've been mercury retrograding and laughing about it, which is the best way to do it. Yeah. You just have to like, <laughs> laugh your way through, right? Just laugh your way through it. Just laugh your way through. All right. Nina. Yes. Tell us who the hell you are. 
Well, I am Nina Shine Alviar, as you said, without giggling, which was great. Um, oh, I, yeah, when I like got into serious. No. I know you're like, I, I was like, how do I pronounce Zen. it? How do I pronounce it? Zen, Zen moment. Um, so yeah, I am a um, empowerment coach and I focus on recovering from emotional eating and binge eating. So that's what I do. And I live here in Missoula, Montana with my two teenage boys, my lovely husband, and we have um, just the best life. And I help people to recover their relationship with food and their bodies and their lives. So pretty rewarding and awesome. I mean, she's pretty fucking awesome, you guys. Thank you. You are pretty fucking awesome too. Thanks. Thanks. But hopefully my <laughs> listeners already know that. Or well, right. Yeah. If you well, didn't think that, then they I don't know why you're still listening. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's time to find another podcast. <laughs> Have you thought about seeing other podcasts? Have you thought about <laughs> playing the field a little bit? <laughs> I have so many questions for you. Mm-hmm. And so we've we've talked. I know I feel like I know you kind of well. Yeah even though I don't, but I feel like I do. Oh, but new things are being discovered all the time. But new things have been discovered, you guys, even right before (laughs) this. And I just, okay, before we get into some of this, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened in your life stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to zone in for a sec, get a little serious and ask you what is the biggest challenge in what you do because we're both coaches right and we both work with similar clients correct and you also have a specialty Mm -hmm. in I was gonna say eating disorders kind of yeah I mean it's more the mental health approach you know for me I'm, I'm very focused on mental health and healing the things that lead us to eat when that's not what we really need. So, yeah. you know, and, and of course there's a little bit of nutrition and all that other kind of stuff. Like I cannot wait to listen to your piece on sugar that you recorded. Everybody check that out. Or, you know, all that stuff is really interesting for me, but where I put most of my focus in my coaching is on healing things that we haven't looked at in our lives that are leading us to eat, figuring out different habits and coping strategies for life instead of just going to food for things that food really isn't for. And for, like I, like you said, and like I like to say, absolutely smashing the fuck out of diet culture because it got us into some really bad places with our relationships with food and our bodies. I'll get started on that in a minute. Rant is approaching. You know, so for me, it's, it's that mental health and, and figuring out, I think most people would want to change something about how they're living their lives and how they're reacting to things in their lives and stressors and whatever's going on, but they just don't have the steps or know how to go about it. And that's what I walk alongside my clients, you know, with these steps and tools to, you know, look at the stuff, break it down, make different choices and really recreate themselves. It's so much more you know, I've had many clients who are like, oh, you're tricky. It was never about the food, was it? It really <laughs> isn't, right? It's about, you know, being content and happy and feeling strong in yourself and your life and empowering yourself. Yeah. So for me, it's more, it's kind of that approach where, you know, yeah. And, and again, the nutrition stuff and all the other stuff you do, and you also have done wonderful pieces, blog posts and stuff, you know, on why we're you know, overeating and binging and stuff like that. So I think you and I joining forces and just eradicating binge eating and emotional eating and unhealthy eating and everybody loving themselves by the end of this hour is a great plan. 
Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you don't even need to coach with either of us. You actually just need to listen to this podcast episode and you will be good to go for the rest of your life. Get your notebooks out and tell us about your approach for people who maybe are listening to this for the first time who are discovering you through me and, and my, my people. Nina, are you interviewing me now? This is like, I just got tingles. You deserve it too. <laughs> I am a health and mental wellness coach. And I put the mental part in there because it's all health. Everything is health, right? Like life coaching, health coaching. It's one of the same, like you were saying. And what we do is look at the neurological connection between what you're doing and what's pleasurable to you Mm -hmm. so that we can shift that and create new neurological connections to help you get to where you want to be without the willpower. Because think about it. If you're creating these connections between, let's say it's the first thing that comes to my mind is Zumba. I've never (laughs) even done Zumba, but between waking up every morning and doing Zumba, if you find that pleasurable and you continue following it because it's pleasurable, there's no willpower about that. Right. Your brain always does what's most pleasurable to you. So I was talking to a client yesterday actually, and she was talking about how it's really hard for her during the week. And she finds herself binging on pizza and then goes to sugar and then is like going back to salt. I said to her, that's actually a good thing because as humans, we always do what's most pleasurable to us. Mm -hmm. And if right now at this moment, you eating pizza is pleasurable to you, that's the neurological connection that you have made and you are following that. Mm. So your, your brain and body is actually working the way it's supposed to, which is awesome because that means you're human and not an alien. So (laughs) number one, check. Mm -hmm. And once you realize that, once you realize like your body's not fighting you, it's actually working for you then it's like, oh my God, instead of trying to push everything away and Mm -hmm. stop myself from something and deprive myself of this Mm -hmm. and tell myself that I shouldn't do this. It's like, no, actually Mm -hmm. let's use that pleasure approach to our advantage. Let's follow what feels good because what is the point of getting healthy if you're not happy doing it? The whole point of getting healthy is to live a happier healthier, more fulfilled life. Right. And that touches on something that I think is super important, again, with the smashing of the diet industry thing, that feeling like foods are bad, like certain foods are bad and certain foods are are good. Yeah. Some food has more nutritional value than other foods, but there's pizza's got like a bunch of different food groups and it's awesome for you. And it's a pleasure to eat. It's joyful to eat. It's okay to find pleasure in these foods. And what happens, especially I find in binging, when we feel like I shouldn't be eating this, I can't eat this. This is a bad food. I can never have this again. Then we eat the whole fucking pizza because there's no permission. We're not giving ourselves permission to just enjoy food for what it is, which is a tasty, yummy thing. You know, it's not about eating nutritious all the time. My friend, um, his name is uh, Dr. Michael Fenster and he's a heart doctor. And he also wrote a book called The Food Shaman, which I highly recommend and is great. He says, let's stop thinking about food as nutritious and start thinking of it as delicious. And making that relationship to food the the number one thing. When we think about food and what food gives us, I think that both camps, like food is fuel 
and, you know, eat total and complete crap all the time. Like there's the, both of those are not right. There's something in the middle and that something in the middle is okay. So think this, this is a, a wonderful way to think about what food does for us. So you're doing work or whatever, right. And you get hungry. So everything in you switches off because you're, you're hungry. Your body is saying, okay, time to eat now. And so you get these wonderful mental and physical signals that it's time to go eat. So you stop doing what you're doing and then you go and decide, what do I want to eat? And you're having this thoughtful process of what would taste good and what do I need right now? And if we can shut off our, you know, what we were doing before and stay in these moments of I'm hungry, I'm going to go get something to eat. I'm thinking about what I want to eat you're making what you want to eat or you're ordering it and you're involved in this process with all of your senses of smelling and tasting and touching and feeling, yeah, feeling that's one of the uh, touching and feeling are the same anyway, but having all of your senses involved in the process, it's, it's this break time. It's a recharging time. Every time we eat, we get to, to like cut off everything else we're doing during the day and rest and recharge your body and your mind and your spirit. And that is what food is really for. It's a pleasurable and enjoyable experience that we get to have five times a day if we're having three meals and two snacks. How cool is that? You know, so for people who are like, I just don't, you know, have time to eat healthy. Well, you have to eat. So at least put your mind in what you're doing, put your awareness in what you're doing and take a breather, take a break with it. Like I have a client who has to eat in his car because of his work, but he decided for the week he was going to pull over and eat whatever it is in the park. Total game changer for him. It's you know? like those tiny little shifts mm -hmm. of pleasure. Mm -hmm. And then once you're in that environment, once you're in like that park pleasurable environment, instead yeah. of just being in a car in a parking lot, right? all of a sudden like your senses turn mm -hmm. up, you just get in a more pleasurable mood. Yeah. And it lowers your cortisol and it helps yep. you relax for a minute. And it takes you out of your, you're going, you know, dealing with all day into these moments of Zen when you're eating. And that's what it's really for, right? That's what yeah, it's yeah. wonderful additional, you know, besides fueling our bodies, it's this wonderful, pleasurable experience that we get to have five times a day. If we take our awareness into what we're doing. And part of that is also being able to say, no, thank you. I'm doing this right now. And telling those thoughts and everything that's coming up that's invading that time. No, thank you. It's eating time right now. I'll get back to you in a minute. First, we have to have awareness of what we're doing in order to catch ourselves, right? With our hand in a bag of chips when we never intended for our hand to be in it. Or that, as you were saying, those neural connections of sad brownie, sad brownie, sad brownie, so that we yeah. can change it into sad self-care, sad, take a walk, sad, call a friend. So being able to shift that part through repetition. And that is, I think the work really is totally. repetition. You it's know? habit mm -hmm. transformation is it truly is what it is. I yeah. used to call myself a professional habit changer. And then I was like, nah, don't yeah, love that title. You need a little more something, something, but I that is it. Like I mean, that's more. part of it. It's, it's part of it. I want to recognize that part of the work, and we've talked about this before, is that it starts young. So for me, right when you were saying sad brownies, sad brownies. <laughs> I used to have dessert every single night with my dad growing up mm -hmm. every single night. My dad is six, four, you guys. Oh. And I would eat the same amount that he <laughs> did. Cause if you're having dessert with someone like, yeah, it's, you're like, I want that. And it was habit. Mm -hmm. It was a bonding experience. Like we would get up in the middle 
back in the day when they didn't have Netflix, no DVR, and you had that commercial break in the middle of a show, and the one in the middle was longer. Right. Remember that? Uh-huh. That's when we, we'd be like, okay, let's go. And we'd like <laughs> go down. I'd grab the ice cream, he'd grab the chocolate sauce. And basically, as I got older, I realized that I am doing this because one is just what I'm used to doing. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, 9.30, mm-hmm. let's go bring the sugar in. Mm-hmm. And two, it gives me so much comfort. It's that neurological connection yeah. has been strengthened and strengthened and strengthened mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And like what you were saying, once you look at, wait, what's the emotional connection? Right. What's going on mentally? Why am I actually doing this? What's the pleasure that I'm actually looking for? Right. And how can I, how can I find that in different ways? In a healthy way, or even in a way that's just not food related, or maybe it is food related, but at least you're aware of what you're doing. I think that awareness and consciousness is the most important thing because then you can make a decision about whether or not this is getting you to where you want to be in your life. A hundred percent. So for me being, you know, way more in the emotional eating, binging my whole life (laughs) up and down with the diet cycles and, you know, binging and restricting. Um, So when my was, when I was a kid, my mom would give me a cookie when I was sad. So it instantly became a coping thing. Whereas for you, it's like this pleasure and connection and, you know, stuff like that. And maybe you do decide to have a few Oreos for old time's sake, or maybe you decide to figure out a different way to feel that connection that you're craving in that moment or nostalgia, whatever it is. But for me, it was, it was set up originally (laughs) as this is how you deal with emotions. This is how you deal with sadness. This is how you deal with discomfort is through food. And then, you know, the first time I was called fat, I was six, you know, I was a little chubby, but I wasn't fat, fat, but I instantly started the cycle of there's something wrong with me. I love food and I feel like I need it for all of these different reasons. So the addiction feeling was starting in me. And at the same time, I also felt like there was something wrong with that. Like there's food is bad. My body is bad, but I don't know how to get around, like not intensely craving food when I feel things because mm-hmm. I was never taught any other way to handle my feelings and mm-hmm. to handle my emotions. Mm-hmm. So it was a very strong, instant emotional eating disorder. <laughs> for yeah, me. yeah. And yeah. it's, yeah. it's not about like completely taking away the connection. It's about what right. you said, the awareness, right? Because you're like, oh, it's happening. Right. What What do I, and then what am I going to choose? What do I want to do about it? Right. So the first thing that we do is an awareness practice. I did live in Buddhist temples for many years. And so I'm real good with sitting quiet on a cushion and that's great. Most of my clients are like, I'm too busy. I cannot sit down for 10 minutes and, you know, say OM or whatever. I just have to interject for a second and tell everyone listening that the woman who just told you that she lived in Buddhist temples. Also, right before this, we were talking about how she had a hardcore sex, drugs, and rock and roll phase. Hell like, yeah. So Emily's mind is like, who is I this? Just, she's how also, do I categorize this human? She's writing a book, you guys. So if you don't already want to read it. it yeah, I have a colorful past. I've, had, <laughs> I've done a little of uh, everything. Okay, anyway, put us back on um, the yeah. steps. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so there's awareness practice. Um, so it, I do it with brushing your teeth. Like I teach people how to do it when they're brushing their teeth, washing the dishes, walking from their car to work, whatever it's, it's putting your awareness in what you're doing and in your senses so that over and over again, when a thought comes up, and this is where I think people get really screwed up with understanding meditation in general, it's not about clearing your thoughts and you get a brownie point with, you know, Buddha for that or anything. It's about the thoughts coming up and noticing them and saying, no, thank you. I'm doing this right now and coming back to them over and over again. And through, so through doing this practice, when you're not in food situations, like the, the intense situation, you're building up this muscle so that when you're in that moment, you have that moment of pause. It strengthens your pause muscle so that you can say, no, thank you, I'm doing this right now. So when you're brushing your teeth, your feet are on the floor, you're in the bathroom, you take a deep breath and you get your sh shit together and you pick up your toothbrush and you, how does it feel in your hand? What does it look like? What color is it? What does it smell like? You pick up your toothpaste, thought comes in and you say, oh, no, thank you. I'm doing this right now. And you get back to what you're doing. And you do that over and over and over again. Like I said, it exercises that muscle so that when you're in those moments of hand reaching for ho-hos, you can go, no, thank you. I'm doing this right now. <laughs> Right. While you're brushing your teeth. Yeah, no, my, hopefully you're not eating hoes when you're brushing your teeth. But um, that would just be a losing battle. Right? Oreos too with brushing your teeth, just you yeah. can't win. So having those moments of awareness, and that's how you get them, is from exercising them in different times, not in that moment. And part of what you're talking about is the awareness component and then like what you were describing, it's the grounding techniques. It's getting yeah. in the moment. Yeah. And with that, part of my approach and yours is mm -hmm. like, you're not just saying, no, thank you. I'm doing this right now. You're saying, no, thank you. I'm choosing to do this because I actually find pleasure in this. Right. The same, if not more. Right. right. And then you want to do it. Right. Right. It's not like a willpower. Then, well, yeah. Because the more you do it and the more you feel good about the choices that you're making, that pleasure reinforces in your brain that this is a good thing. Right. Also, We're not like celebrating ourselves to no, think no, no, that no. something's pleasurable when it's not. Right. And you have to pick something that actually is. So a thought or a whatever. So the next part of this, because like I said, I do this kind of deep dive with cognitive behavioral therapy and all this other kind of stuff into what the heck is leading you mm -hmm. to eat food when that's not what you really need. And we do talk about hormones and all that as well. And, you know, ex exploring what could be needed in those moments. But sometimes with binging, you know, one of my biggest whoa moments was when in one of the classes I was in, somebody said, some people binge so that they can be mad at themselves instead of the person they were never allowed to be mad at as a kid. All right, y'all. If you know me, you know that I love low bucks. It's sprouted buckwheat that I put in everything. I'm always looking for something that's low sugar, high protein, high fiber, loaded with antioxidants that I can just throw into a bunch of things that I'm eating throughout the day. And this is it. You guys, seriously, I like stock up on it. I recommend it to all of my clients. It is the perfect game changer for adding crunch and getting in that plant-based protein without getting a crazy sugar high with traditional granolas. It's gluten-free, vegan, grain-free, paleo, organic, and best of all, it's woman-owned and run. Lil Bucks was a game changer for everything that I eat throughout the day. I put it on my oatmeal, in my smoothie bowls, on top of my smoothie bowls. I put it on toast with peanut butter and banana. And sometimes I'll just eat it straight out of a bowl like it's cereal. It is so freaking good. Please go try it. 
Your body and your taste buds will be happy that you did. And you can use my promo code EMILYGOLAN15 at lovelilbucks.com for 15% off your first order. All right, I think you guys understand my obsession. I hope you try it out too and it becomes a staple in your diet. Let's get back to the episode. So when you have that moment of I'm going in, one of the most important things to do is because you can't make the decision of what you want to be choosing in that moment unless you know who you want to be. It's more about the who than the what. It's not about, I want to be thin. I want to be whatever, you know, everybody's got different preferences for what they want their body to be like. This is not about that. This is about healing your relationship to food and not using it for something that it isn't for and actually taking care of your shit instead of using stuff that will never fix your stuff. Right. Yeah. And so having that idea of who you really want to be and, and going from there when you're making those new choices. Right. So I have people do ultimate you practice where they write out no holds barred, complete and total fantasy. If there were no limitations, who are you? Who is ultimate you? And then you write it all out. What do you look like? What do you feel like? How, what are you choosing when there's a stressful situation? How do you respond to your boss? How do you, whatever, what do you do for fun? And you write this whole thing out and you get this vision and do a mental rehearsal of being like a fantasy of being ultimate use, you can feel it. Then when you figure out who that person is, then you can go from there. You can look at the reasons why you're eating, deal with those. Maybe there's something that you need to cry about that you never cried about. You need to hold space for, you need to hit a pillow. You need to yell at the ether, whatever. Sometimes it's merely like, oh, that's not really a useful, helpful thought. I'm just going to switch that. You don't have to dig into every freaking thing, you know, but some things definitely need it. You can tell the difference when they're really sticky, when they're hard to switch from over and over again. You're like, oh man, this is a really stuck track. So when you figure out who ultimate you is, then you can ask W-E-W-U-E do, what would ultimate Emily do? And then from that, you can make a new menu of choices of how you handle these typical feelings and emotions. And you have a new thing written out. It's like when you have, for anyone who has kids will know this, when you have a toddler, which is pretty much what your subconscious mind is like, you have to tell it what to do, not what not to do. Like mm -hmm. if a toddler's, you know, getting into something that they shouldn't, you distract them with something they should be doing or they can do. You can't just tell your mind like, I am not going to eat that. Well, okay, but what are you going to do? You have to have an alternative that's, action, that's... an alternative thing to do. A good point. And that's what we do. We can do with ourselves, with anything, any kind of habit, scrolling, shopping, blah, 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 whatever. You know, before you do the thing, think, what is the alternative here that I've already planned? I've pre-planned this so I don't have to think of it in the moment when I'm overwhelmed with whatever the fuck. You know, it's already planned and set out for you so you can make those new different choices. And as we know with neuroplasticity, have you explained neuroplasticity yet? Because I have that sledding track in the snow thing I like. I was just going to ask. Go <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys, she's reading my mind. So yeah, in her yeah. book coming up, she talks about this sledding track analogy and it's talking about neuroplasticity, which is looking at that neurological connection, but just that's like the name for it, the neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. And okay, can you describe that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and actually it's not mine. I got to give props. It's my teacher, Braco Pobrick, Habits for Happiness guy is awesome. Um, but he's the one who came up with this or maybe it was somebody else's too. I guess I could just claim it as my own. Anyway, okay. So these neurological connections. So something happens in our past or any time in life and our subconscious goes, oh, when this happens, this is what I need to do to take care of my human. So these imprints and these habits get developed and responses in our brains. It's just the same with phobias and all of this stuff, right? It's something happens and your brain goes, oh, spider, 
freak out, bad. This is the neurological connection I'm taking to protect my human, which is why when we're saying go away to the thoughts that we don't want, we're not telling them to fuck off. We're saying, no, thank you, because they really just want to protect us. It's just what's been working so far. It's not a push it away angry thing. It's a thank you so much. I got this. And it's a, it's a gentle thing because the more yes. we push, the more we binge <laughs> and the more we do all these other things, we've got to let things move through us. Right. So when we're going down, you know, like I was saying, sad brownie. So sad is at the top of the sledding hill and brownie is the tree at the bottom that we smash into every freaking time. So the more you go down a sledding track in the snow, for those of you who do not know, but I'm assuming most people know how sledding works. Um, you, the more you go down that sledding track, the easier it is for your sled to go down it. So all you have to do is put your sled at the top of the hill and whoop, down you go smack into the tree, right? Yep. Making a new neurological connection is making a new sledding track in the snow where you turn your sled and you say, no, thank you. I'm doing this right now. And you do that new thing over and over and over again. And you make a new sledding track in the snow. And then this magical, wonderful scientific thing happens called synaptic pruning for those nerds out there where that old sledding track disappears it gets filled in with snow and you don't go down it again. Sometimes they're a little sticky. So you kind of notice you're at the top and go up, what? And you turn your sled. Yeah. Like for me now, I've released 90 pounds of fat. It's been gone for three years. I'm healthy and fit at 50, the healthiest and most fit I've ever been in my life, feeling amazing. I just don't have that anymore. I have practiced these new ways of caring for myself and taking care of what I'm really needing so much that I literally can be stressed, sad, bored, any feelings that come up and have something else that I do and have been doing to take care of those things that I literally don't go for food anymore. It just doesn't happen. And it, if you had asked me if that was even possible five years ago, it would have seemed bloody impossible. Well, because it wasn't, that, it, it wasn't, wasn't possible. Because I hadn't time. made those new tracks. Right. Yep. That yep. was the only track. Yep. And can I add to your analogy? Yeah. I don't know if you- Yeah, no, please come on. This. But it's so good. So I have a very similar analogy, but mm -hmm. it's about like bubbles, okay, like blowing bubbles. But I'm going to use your analogy here to stretch yeah. my, my brain a little. Let's go. And um, what I was envisioning is like when you're sledding, mm -hmm. okay, there's that one path that it's like the obvious path, the one you were mm -hmm. talking about, mm -hmm. that's like really worn and ready for you. Mm -hmm. And it can be scary to go a different way because it, like, if there's a lot of snow, you can't really tell if there's bumps or if there's going to be like rocky ground at the end, or if you're going to like slide off that way because of the way that you don't know until uh -huh. you try. So just because you try sledding one way to the left, mm -hmm. maybe that is super pleasurable, but maybe the next time you're like, wait, I wonder what it's like sliding to the right. Maybe yeah. that's just as pleasurable. Maybe it's not. Right. So then you, you can either do both and yeah. start strengthening both of those connections, or you can choose one or the other. So it's mm -hmm. like, it's not just, Hey, I'm going to choose this because I have to take another path. And I hope that I like it enough to keep doing it. Right. No, it always has to be something because that ultimate you and the idea behind that is it's something that you are just jacked to do. Yeah. Like you love this person you're becoming and you love these new choices and you feel so good that you're making these different choices and really taking care of yourself. And like we were talking about too, those little celebrations, having those moments after you make a new choice and do something completely different than you've ever done before. I mean, trying on those new tracks for me too. I'll tell people like, just try something different. 
<laughs> you've been doing the same thing. Give it a shot. What it could, it's okay if that one sucks and that's not what you want to do again. You can try something else, but you have choice. You have choice in those moments. And that's the important part. So yeah, so maybe you do try, you know, a variety of different things before you find the thing that works. And it's going to maybe be different every time too, because stress in the morning doesn't feel the same as stress in the afternoon or stress oh, in the no, evening it, or whatever, you know? So it's okay to have like a variety of different things, but as long as you're coming from nourishing yourself and not punishing yourself, mm-hmm. is this nourishing or punishing? Because what happens is, is that if we feel shitty and we eat a bag of Doritos, we still feel shitty. And now we feel worse because we ate the bag of Doritos we didn't intend to eat. Yeah, that you still feel shitty after you eat the Doritos. Emotionally, there's shame and guilt that comes. Right. Physically, like you mm-hmm. physically, if you eat too much of it, yeah, you know that feeling in your stomach. You're like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And then the cool component that I love talking about that was a huge game changer for me is actually looking at the physiological impact that it's having on you. Mm -hmm. So you might know this, you might not, if you're listening now you do. (laughs) So for me, what happened before I released 40 pounds, I was in Paris and I was really struggling with, it was undiagnosed then, but severe OCD and I didn't know what the fuck was going on with me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why my friends wanted to frolic around Europe when I wanted to stay in my shit box of a dorm room. (laughs) Can't even call it that. And watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. And it really fucks with your mind, right? Mm -hmm. So you're in this place and you're like, oh my God, I need pleasure. I need pleasure. Where am I going to get it? Mm -hmm. And so again, what you were saying, your body's actually working for you. So if you, I wasn't doing this at the time, but if you reach that state of awareness and you're like, oh, actually this is my body signaling to me that I need pleasure, not that I need croissants. (laughs) And I gained 30 pounds in four months. And like, I didn't feel good physically or emotionally after it was like the Doritos example you were saying. And physiologically, I was adding fuel to the fire. The more sugar I was eating, the more I was going to crave it. Yep. The more I craved it, the more I wanted it, the more I wanted it, the more I had it. And then the more it triggered my anxiety, which guys look that up. It's so cool. The link Mm -hmm. between sugar and anxiety. Yeah. But it's literally, you're like asking yourself to go deeper and deeper into this state that you don't want to be in, in the first place. So it's about shifting those choices so that You're one, still finding pleasure, right? but you're what you were saying, nourishing yourself physically and emotionally rather than depleting yourself or adding fuel to the fire. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. And also feelings are these amazing things that are just so misunderstood in this like toxic positivity, happy all the fucking time. But like (laughs) the feelings are our signal that we need something. Yeah. (laughs) Or we're fine. I mean, also if you're feeling content and, you know, high vibration feelings of joy and and gratitude and all those cool. And if you're having a feeling that's a little more "Mm," pay the frick attention to it, it's serving you. It's helping you to see like, Oh, I, I have a need right now. Something needs attending to. And like I said, sometimes it's something that's immediate. You know, it's just like, I'm exhausted because I had this crazy ass day and I'm craving sugar, but that's not what I really, really need. I need rest. 
You know, that's the heart of it is I really need rest right now. How can I do something restful for myself and follow my body's natural rhythms for its evening time? Of course, I'm supposed to be winding down instead of go, go, go culture where we just don't allow ourselves to do that. And so it's, it's breaking all that down. But those feelings, I think we're just so like negative feelings. We're like, either we identify with them. That's a problem. (laughs) Okay. Or we ignore them. And that's also a problem. It's not identifying with them, observing them. What do you want to show me right now? Thank you so much for showing up. How can I help you? It's identifying them. How is that different than feeling the feeling? It's the difference between saying, hmm, I feel sad right now. I wonder what I need. And I'm sad. I'm just sad. It's letting it become, you become that feeling. You let it overwhelm you. Some people get stuck in that cycle of feeling sad instead of looking at it. I think what it is, is just understanding that humans have a natural set point of okayness Mm -hmm. that our body's always trying to stay at. It's not utter elation and it's not horrible depression and sadness. It's okayness, like contentment. And so signals that we're feeling is what our body does. Like we need to be at optimal, not like ready to run a marathon, but optimal, (laughs) you know? And so these set points that our our body and mind have, and when we have feelings that are signaling that there's something that is not really keeping us at optimum, we're kind of down here. It's not becoming that, but understanding the process that our body is trying to show us and our mind, our, our brain is trying to show us that there's something that needs attending to. We need more mm-hmm. self-care. We need more, I hate saying self-care because it sounds all posh. I know, but, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you mean. self-care could be a walk. It could be like watching a show or something funny or whatever. So looking at it as a signal, not something to dive into and live in. I'm curious about this because okay. on the one side, I obviously understand this, but I get a little confused because I also know that it's important to let yourself feel the feels. Okay, I guess I'm kind of answering my question as I'm asking it, but- okay, I'm ready too, so go for it. <laughs> okay, okay. So most recently for me, I the month of April was not super fabulous for me, you guys. I had COVID for the first two weeks mm-hmm. and then two days of COVID freedom. And then I slipped and fell in the shower and broke three ribs. Mm-hmm. So I was like, at first, you know, I'm having all these feelings. And I realized that I was trying to ignore them. Mm-hmm. I was trying to like be strong and be like, Emily, shit happens to you. This is just another bump in your road that will help you strengthen on your own personal development journey and make you a stronger coach, which true. Mm-hmm. But then it was kind of like the stages of grief now that I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, no, I get to feel this way, but I also get to do something about it. Yes. But here's the key. Mm -hmm. There was, there were a few days, like a week where I was convincing myself that I was feeling it when I was really just trying to do something about it Mm -hmm. before I felt it. Break that down. Okay. So like, I didn't cry about any of this, which Uh might be because of the broken ribs because yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very unlike me. You guys, that's usually like my first reaction to high emotions. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was trying to like do all the things to distract me from feeling sad and just like, oh my God, this fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. But then because of that, I like was holding on to this angst that I wasn't releasing. 
yeah, that's the thing. And again, it's like when I'm saying like, don't become the feeling, I don't mean don't feel it. I mean, don't take it on as your identity now. Mm, like this hard yep. thing happened in my life and now I am a victim of this thing and I'm always going to be, and now I always have to look out for, and I'm terrified of showers for in your case, reasonable caution is important, but let's not make it a phobia. That's where, where we're going here. Like it's the reasonable caution. I learned something from this. I felt the feels I got through it. And also we're more resilient than we think. Yeah. And resilient doesn't mean that you don't feel the shit when it happens. It means that you know that you can cry, you can feel the thing, you can look at the bullshit and you're going to survive. You're going to get through it and something else is on the other side of it. I was raped and I was a survivor of domestic violence myself. I'm not fucking happy about that. You know, I'm not like, oh, I'm so glad that happened because it made me a stronger person, but I have it put in a place where I'm like, okay, that was then. You know, I made it through, I overcame, I helped some other people, you know, who went through similar things. And now I'm here. The important thing is now I'm here and I have a healthy relationship and everything's great. And I've done all this work with myself and I'm feeling absolute tip top in every humanly possible way. It doesn't mean that when I'm running out of money and my stove breaks down four weeks ago that I didn't cry and, you know, freak out and go, why now is my stove on fire? <laughs> right. I mean, of course. Right. You know, so, so stuff happens, but I know I can feel those feelings, let them through. I know how important that is to do because if we push them down, if we don't feel them, they come out sideways in emotional eating or being rude to someone or physical ailments or all that stuff. So I know it's important to move through it, but I didn't become it. I was like, I got through the other side of that and went, well, okay, what am I going to do about this now? I've worked so hard through therapy and other things to recover from the after effects of it. If I hold on to any of that crap still, he still has power over me. Fuck him. Yeah. My question is in the midst of the trauma, how do you get through that? Because at that point, oh, uh -huh. it's really hard to be like, oh, okay, these are my feelings. What does that mean I need? No, and that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, when I'm talking about like the, I'm having feelings and I'm not becoming them and I'm letting, this is not trauma. What the magical and amazing thing is, is that our subconscious mind is so great at protecting us and taking care of us that when we do go through something super traumatic, it knows just what to do. It put, makes all these imprints. It does all this stuff to protect us. It does set us up to be able to get to a place where we can heal after we go through the process of grieving and things and what all the stuff that we need to do. It's actually quite beautifully set up if we don't fight it, if we have good support, obviously around us, and that's a big thing, but making sure that we have the right support to heal from it and to move past it and move through it. I know a lot of people who've been through some pretty heavy shit. My friend, Sean Antonio, my mentor, and he's like, what meaning am I still putting on this? I'm the decider of the meaning. Mm -hmm. So what have I taken away from it? How am I shrinking myself because of this experience? And how can I flip that now? When you go through it, you have to go through. It's just like grief. You can't deny the stages of grief and the process of grief. And you shouldn't, because it's a beautiful system that just takes you into healing in this wonderful way. So trusting it and writing it and going with it is really important. But then when you get to the other side, then you get to start creating your own meanings and your, what your takeaways are, you know, essentially, right? Okay. This goes perfectly with your sledding analogy because the stages of grief, it's yeah. first of all, you guys, you can feel the stages whenever they're not, they're not in linear. No, but each one is kind of like a different sledding pathway. Right. You start it and it's happening naturally. It's a natural grief process. Mm -hmm. And then what can happen, and I'm not a trauma specialist, but right. I'm just playing off this analogy here. Yeah, yeah. I feel like what can happen is that at the end of that natural process, you can get stuck. 
mm-hmm. because you've created these sled tracks and those are the ones that you know how to go down. Right. And so the part of now what, that's where there's support. It's like having a friend mm-hmm. push you onto a different path. Yes. Yes. Because it's not made already for you to just slide down. No, exactly. Right. And that's the thing that we do as coaches, hopefully too, with stuff that, you know, again, we got into trauma land and that's important to do because yeah, I mean, especially in my world with binge eating disorders and things like that, traumas can definitely be part of it. And there's a limit to what I do. And then I refer out to some friends of mine, you know, if if it's something a little bigger than we can handle just between the two of us, coaching and therapy are wonderful together. Um, But yeah, but, but just in the day-to-day reactions and responses to things. I mean, we have to think of it this way too. Trauma is such a, it can be, I moved away and I didn't see my friends anymore when I was six. That can be a really heavy experience for people that they're responding for the rest of their lives because of the imprints and patterns that are their subconscious created in that time. You know, they, they're carrying ghosts and images from that. That's still something that you can look at, see if there's anything useful to take from that and then make a new decision on how you want to move forward. Because the bottom line and the absolute truth is, is that the past does not exist. It is gone. It is over. We had things that happened. There's some things that we get to decide we want to take from our past and move forward with. And there's stuff from the past that we want to, no, thank you. We're done with that. We don't need that anymore. And we get to make a conscious decision now, 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 now on how we're going to move forward and what we're going to choose. Speaking of the past, I know exactly what my random ass question is for you. Do you want to ask me first? Uh, Yeah, sure. So random ass question time. So if you were going to design an adult playground, a playground for adults, what would be the most sexual? It sounds so sexual now that I say it, but (laughs) what would be your family version of the most important element to have at that playground? At the adult playground. The adult playground. This is this is playground for grownups. It's not getting any better. Anyway. Oh, this is so amazing. All right. I think I get the idea. Therapist? Oh my gosh. Yes. A therapist for <laughs> sure needs to be there somewhere. Just like you can hop in, you can hop out. Okay, but no, that's not my answer, but needs to be included. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tramp ball. We used to play at this overnight camp that I went to growing up in Wisconsin. So it's a mixture of like trampolines, volleyball, and four square. So there's four spots and then there's nets that cross each other. Mm-hmm. And you like throw it to the other person and, and you can like spike it down on them. Uh And it's really, really fun. It's honestly super dangerous. That sounds really dangerous. Like maybe we shouldn't have alcohol in this playground. Right. That would be a bad. Yeah. Okay. So you've told me before. Oh, I think I mentioned this during this conversation already (laughs) that you had a sex, drugs and rock and roll phase. Yes. It was not at the same time as her Buddhist temple days. No, it was not. But my question is, have you ever been a groupie? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love, yeah, that was the best time. Um, Wait, what is a groupie? So a groupie is, you know, yes, it's someone who has, you know, intimate relations with musicians specifically, but also you're, you're like a muse and you're supporting them and you love the music and you're, you know, having some fun adventures, you know, backstage or wherever hotel rooms, you know, where's the weirdest place you had sex when in your groupie days, 
um, on top of a building in, in LA, I can't remember which one it was called, but it was like extremely tall. It was like 18 stories or something like that. And I had one leg hanging Stop. off the side. Like I was on like the edge of the, like that, whatever, I can't remember what they're called, but like the edge of the building. You guys basically. don't do this. <laughs> do not do this at home. But <laughs> But yeah, that was probably the fun. Are you kidding? Yeah. And I'm terrified of heights too. So this was like extra for me where I was like, okay, this is totally worth it. It's totally worth it. It's totally worth it. I love you. All about living large, man. We're such, humans are so funny. We're such interesting, beautiful messes. Like I talked about my deep, dark shit and then this like wild and crazy shit. This was so fun. So fun. We are on such the same page with this has just been really cool. Like everything you were saying, I was like, oh my God, I want to say the same thing. (laughs) You're amazing. If people loved you, where can they go check you out? Text me at 406-546-4697. You can also find me on uh, Facebook at Powerful Coaching, Emotional Eating and More with Nina Shine. And I'm on Insta at Nina Shine Alviar. Uh, my email is powerful coaching now, two L's with the powerful, powerful coaching now at gmail.com. What we do is we just have like a half an hour chat and see if we're a good fit. Like, where, what are you dealing with? What are you doing? How do I do what I do? And yeah, we just yeah. chat for free for half an hour and see. Like, were you a groupie? Out. If you weren't, maybe. You yeah. <laughs> if you want groupie advice, if you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you guys, Nina does one-on-one coaching. She does group coaching. Yep. Yep. You are a soon to be author. Your book is about yep. to be published. Yep. You give talks. Yep. You I give, give talks. Pres- I do groups. Jeez. I do. Wait, don't you model too? I am also, I became a fit over 50 model also. And I've modeled for a few stores across the country too. Basically yeah. she can relate to anybody. Anyone. And I have been through so many things. Nothing shocks me. You're amazing. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Yes. See you guys on the next episode. Oh, you guys, this was such a fun episode. I I just love this woman. Like, <laughs> I just really love you, Nina. I hope that you guys were able to take away so much goodness from this episode. If you have questions or you are struggling with this yourself, emotional eating, binge eating, anything in this episode that resonates with you, let me know. Reach out to me ask me some questions. I really want to help you get to where you want to be, whether that's maybe working with me, whether that's working with Nina, whether that's not working with either of us and just talking, getting in a community, feeling like you are not alone because you're not and you got this. Love you all. Keep being awesome, guys.